your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Friday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. November 27th, 2020, your boy Q here with you. Hopefully everybody had a really good Thanksgiving, spent a lot of good time with their family, enjoyed their family time, enjoyed their good food, and realized what Thanksgiving is all about. But uh, yeah, definitely uh, happy to be back with you on this Friday, again, November 27th. 2020. Today's Locked On Raiders podcast is being brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get 20% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order. Coming up on today's show, segment number three, I got your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. I know it's kind of like backed up a little bit because we didn't have a show on Thursday uh, because that was Thanksgiving. Wednesday was the crossover edition, so kind of backed up on the calls and texts right now, but going to get to as many as possible coming up in segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Segment number two, we're going to do like we do each and every week when we talk about the keys to victory for the Raiders. And coming up this week is the Atlanta Falcons and a game I think that the Raiders should win. And I'll tell you how I think they should do it, how they should go about getting that victory. That's coming up in segment number two. Here in segment number one, it's going to be the news and notes of the day, as I always do. So off top, let's talk about Cleve Furl. He's the guy that missed last week's game because he was on the COVID-19 list. He had tested positive COVID-19. Well, according to Vinny Bonsignor from the Las Vegas Review-Journal, he actually came off that uh, COVID-19 list on Thursday. He worked out with the team but didn't practice with the team, but he did work out. So that was a positive thing. Plus, most importantly, he came off the COVID-19 list. So it looks like he's lined up in a good position to play this Sunday versus the uh, Atlanta Falcons, which is a major, major thing because, again, a lot of people did not think that Cleve Furl was a major factor to the Raiders' defense but you saw when he was not in there how much that defense really really needed him so that was a good sign right there again that's from my man Vinny Bonsignor Las Vegas Review Journal and uh, Raider Nation Radio 920 inside the huddle with Lincoln Kennedy following Scott Gobranson and myself on Silver and Black today uh, on Raider Nation Radio 920 also Raiders defensive back uh, Damon Arnett, he returned to practice on Thursday. And Meek Robertson, he missed his secondary practice with an illness. And safety Eric Harris did not practice due to a calf injury. So uh, just catching you up right there with a couple people in the secondary. But as far as the rest of the uh, injury report goes, everything is kind of good to go. Uh, again, Damon Arnett, he had an illness. He participated fully on Thursday. Eric Harris, like I mentioned, did not uh, participate because he's dealing with a calf injury. Josh Jacobs, he's got a hip, hip injury. He was limited on uh, Thursday, but uh, I think everything is really good to go as far as the Raiders go. They, they're pretty much in a pretty decent situation as far as injuries go. Jalen Richard, he's got a chest injury. He's been dealing with that for a while now. He was limited on Wednesday, limited on Thursday. Immediately Robertson, he's got that illness, didn't participate on Thursday, didn't participate on Wednesday. So if Amik makes it out there, maybe he does, maybe he doesn't, who knows. But either way, he's not a major key to the cog. Uh, Sam Young, who obviously is a big-time uh, backup to Trent Brown, he's dealing with a knee injury. He was limited on Wednesday, limited on Thursday. I'm sure that's going to be the, the same thing he does later on today, and then be good to go on Sunday. Right tackle Trent Brown is still a guy that's about a couple weeks away. Talked about that earlier this week, but uh, looks like he's a couple weeks away. He was in the facility 
facility on Thursday, which is great. Uh, like to see him getting some work. And look, as much as I've talked about Trent Brown, I talked about the fact that, you know, I don't think he's going to be around for the Raiders in 2021. It doesn't matter because it's still 2020. And if he can get out there and be out there on the field and be a factor, he's definitely a very big, uh, big player and a, and a big deal when he's out there. But again, you got to get a healthy, got to get him out there. So uh, looks like he's a couple weeks away, but looks like he's getting closer and closer. So that is a good thing. Love to see that uh, offensive line solidified as much as possible. Now, want to jump into Paul Gunther, the defensive coordinator. He had a media session on uh, on Thursday, and it was very, very short. It was like two minutes. Like I, normally, I say I'm just gonna play a couple clips from it, but nor but this is different, man. This is not normal <laughs> at all. I mean, he had like three questions, and that was it, and he was done. So let's go ahead and start it off, man. Paul Gunther, he gave his opening statement about the Atlanta Falcons. Okay, guys, uh, nine uh, conference game this week, Atlanta. Very, very good offense, second in the league in passing. They got a lot of skill guys. Quarterback's playing really good. So it's a big challenge. We got another offense, a good offense ahead of us. And by the way, happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. Any questions? So there is defensive coordinator Paul Gunther, his opening statement on the media session on Thursday, talking about Atlanta's offense. And, of course, Matt Ryan's a really, really good quarterback. They have a lot of offensive weapons. Got to do a really, really good job. Got to stay home. Got to be disciplined uh, defensively if you're going to slow down this Atlanta offense. And now I know they're 3-7 and seven on the season, but either way you look at it, man, they still have an opportunity to score a lot of points. That's just kind of what they do. So next up, Paul Gunther was asked about the Falcons' offense. Just kind of want to elaborate on what they do. What are the challenges they present offensively? Well, you know, they got they got a uh, bunch of first-round picks up front on the offensive line. They got two really good backs. They can run the ball. Matt Ryan uh, can get them in and out of good plays of the line of scrimmage. And they got good skill guys on the outside, including their tight ends. Um, they got two, three or four very good receivers, guys that can do a lot of different things, uh, both run after the catch. They got some gadget plays in there that they'll use some of these guys with. So they got a, they got a full group, a full complement of guys that'll be a challenge for us come Sunday. So there it is right there, defensive coordinator Paul Gunther talking about the challenges that the Falcons offense presents. And look, they've uh, had opportunities, man. I know they're 3-7 and seven overall in the season. They are a scary 3-7. and seven. There's one of those teams that you know if you do not take them seriously, they'll jump up and bite you. You've got to absolutely 100% lock in, focus in, and make sure that you stop them because they will score uh, more times than they won't. You know what I mean? And, and the thing about the, 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 uh, the Falcons, even though they're sitting at 3-7 and seven overall, they have found ways to lose games and they might find a way to lose the game on Sunday but you can't count on them to shoot themselves in the foot you've got to count on yourself to go out and get that victory so I mean that's something that's a big challenge that the Raiders are going to be up for on Sunday uh, early in the game early in the day versus the Atlanta Falcons now the final question for Paul Gunther was talking about the mentality of the defensive players especially coming off that loss to Kansas City it was a loss that you know they felt like they should have won and matter of fact it was a game they should have won but they were obviously weren't able to come down with that stop on the final drive and the the Kansas City Chiefs came up with that victory. So what are the, the mentality of the players uh, since that and uh, how they are, how they're feeling heading into this game against Atlanta? The guys have been great. I'm proud of our guys. I mean, obviously, last week was the challenging week with, uh, you know, with the guys missing and all that stuff. But we come in, and I always tell them, you got you to win. You got to take lessons whether you win or lose a game, especially when you lose. So sometimes when you win, you feel good. And, 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 and a little detail here or there, uh, we got to stay on top of it. But uh, the guys are in good spirits. They're excited to go this week. I'd say they're more pissed than anything. And pissed off is a good thing. Don't get me wrong. I like the fact that they're pissed off because they lost that game last week against Kansas City. But you can't be too focused on being pissed off to the point where you lose focus on winning this game. That's the only thing that concerns me is the fact that he says they're pissed off. Okay, great. You're pissed off. That means that you want to go out there and prove a point. 
But don't get too ramped up and don't get too fired up on being pissed off to the point where you forget what the task at hand is, which is a, which is beating the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, look, you're six and four on the season. You've got to go ahead and win some games. You got to find at least four more wins on the schedule to assure yourself a playoff vict- uh, playoff uh, spot, which is exactly what you want to do going into this 2020 season. That's the goal going in, and that's what you should be expecting. So they got to find four more, and it starts this week versus Atlanta Falcons. So it's good to be pissed off. But just don't be so amped up and don't be so ramped up where you lose focus on the job at hand. That's that's my number one key. And I'll talk more keys coming up in segment number two. But that was my number one key right there coming up in, uh, in, in this game versus Atlanta Falcons, who are not very good three and seven on the season. Uh, before I get into my keys to uh, a victory in Atlanta against the Falcons, I want to tell you about one of the sponsors here on the Locked on Raider podcast, which is Pepsi. This football season, man, it's so different. Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch the season. Uh, most people know I watch the games at the house by myself. Maybe the wife is around and I have, uh, you know, my Josh Jacobs jersey on the end of my couch. That's all I do. Now, when I was in Vegas last week for the Chiefs game, a little bit different. But for the most part, just sit there, have the same routine, sit on my couch, have my Josh Jacobs jersey on the end of the couch and it's good. But uh, no matter how you watch the game, it does not matter because Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Passionate fans, they're real generational talent, and Pepsi fuels them. Because Pepsi is not made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com, check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. Segment number two, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. As the Raiders head to Atlanta looking for a victory over the Falcons. The Falcons are sitting at three and seven. Raiders are sitting at six and four. Obviously, the Raiders have big plans in in front of them, want to make it to the playoffs. They've got to go ahead and start another winning streak, and it should start this week against the Falcons, who are not a very good team, but they are that team that if you do not pay attention, do not put them away early, they can go ahead and, and, and catch up to you and bite you in the butt and all of a sudden you're looking up and saying, how in the hell did we lose that game? So I want to talk about right now the keys to a victory this Sunday versus Atlanta in Atlanta against the Falcons. So uh, I think one of the biggest keys of this game really is the Raiders need to come out with that same mentality that they did against the Chiefs. And, and what I mean by that is when you saw the Raiders offensively hit the field, they did not fear the Chiefs. They did not worry about the Chiefs. They did not think that the Chiefs could stop them. They need to come out there with that same mentality. Matter of fact, it's not just this week against the Falcons. They need to come out with that same mentality the rest of the way because that team is a very dominant team. That is a team that opened up the eyes of a lot of people across the NFL. All of a sudden, wait a minute. Oh, my God, the Raiders are back. Oh, wait, hold on. The Raiders are a real deal team. You know how many messages I got, text messages, uh, tweets, emails, all kind of messages I got on, uh, on Sunday about, wow, this Raider team is for real. Yeah, duh, of course they're for real. It's the third year in John Gruden. They expect to be real. They expect to be a really, really good team. So they came out with that mentality against the Chiefs like, hey, they cannot stop us. We're going to go beat them, and they should have. That was a game that they let get away. But either way you look at it, got to move on. Uh, I've talked about it earlier in the week. Got to move on. Got to look at the Falcons. But you've got to come out offensively with that same mentality. Like, we're going to get down the field. 
no matter what it takes. It doesn't matter if it's 75 yards, 85 yards, 50 yards. It does not matter. We are going to get down the field, and we're going to make that happen. Again, uh, Josh Jacobs is obviously a big key. Devontae Booker running the ball as well is obviously a big key. But the Falcons are really good defensively. They're really good, not defensively uh, all in all, but uh, stopping the run. They're really good against stopping the run. So uh, I think the Raiders come out, and I think that they uh, try to establish the run early and, and, and see what they got. The Raiders' offensive line is, man, it's almost second to none. You know what I mean? There's a lot of really good offensive lines in the league, but the, the Raiders' offensive line is right there with the best of them. You know what I mean? So I think that it doesn't matter what the, the Falcons against the run statistically look at look like. I think that, that, that the Raiders go ahead and try to establish the run anyway. But it, even if they don't, that's okay. You know what I mean? Because they're not very good against the pass. So if you got to use the pass to open up the run, that's fine. It doesn't matter. The Raiders have shown that they can do that. They did that against the, uh, the Saints week two at Allegiant Stadium when they got that first victory on Monday Night Football. They showed that it, it doesn't matter. If you can stop the run, no worries. We could throw the ball around the yard and then all of a sudden open up the run game. It doesn't matter. I think, personally, on Sunday, that the Raiders are going to be able to run the ball. I think Jacobs is going to get off. I think Devontae Booker is going to get off. I think no matter who decides that they're going to line up and try to run that rock, they're going to make that happen. I think it's going to be okay because I, I just don't know where the Falcons are mentally. Uh, so we'll see. You know, that, that'll be a factor. But either way, you, you, you win games at the line of scrimmage. And what I mean by that is the offensive line. The offensive line is going to be a key cog to this. If the Raiders' offensive line can get enough uh, uh, enough protection for Derek Carr, he could pick the, the Falcons' defense apart. No problem. What we've seen from Derek Carr in 2020 is next-level football. He's playing top-notch ball right now. He's doing a lot of really, really good things. Not only owning the offense, he sees what he sees from the defense. He says, okay, uh, let's line these guys up this way, and we're going to go ahead and take advantage this way. And, and, and then on top of that, when plays break down, he's using his legs, which is a major, major key. So uh, I think Derek Carr has full, complete uh, control of this offense. I don't know if there's a defensive back uh, on the on the Falcons defense that can actually slow down who who the Raiders have. Uh, if you're looking at Darren Waller, you're looking at Hunter Renfro, you're looking at Nelson Aguilar, you're looking at Henry Ruggs. I don't care who it is. This might be Henry Ruggs' breakout game. I mean, really, I don't think that the defense, uh, as far as the secondary goes, is very good for the Falcons. But their defense, as far as the run goes, is is really good. But I still think that the Raiders are going to try to establish the run, and with that offensive line, they can do that. So I just think when it comes to offense, they do what they do. I mean, seriously, they do what they do. Their offense is second to none in the league. I don't think there's a team in the league, and correct me if I'm wrong, is there a team in the league that the Raiders' defense or offense cannot run with? I don't think so. I mean, you saw them go toe-to-toe with the Chiefs and should have won that game. The Chiefs, in my opinion, are the best offense in the league. I don't care about Baltimore, who all of a sudden has you know a COVID-19 case with Lamar Jackson. I don't care about Pittsburgh, who's got Big Ben and, and weapons around him. I don't care about any of these teams. I don't care about Tampa Bay. I don't care about uh, Buffalo Bills. I don't care about any of these teams that you see. I don't care about the Seahawks. I don't care about any team in the league. I think the Raiders can run offensively with any team in the league. Now, defensively is obviously where things change, where the game changes. So offensively, I, I kind of gave you the rundown of how I think the Raiders get off against the Falcons this week. And, and I think the Falcons will give them multiple opportunities get into to get into the end zone and make it happen. But defensively, 
How do the Raiders survive? How do the Raiders win this game? Because, again, the Raiders' defense is the Achilles heel of the team. So you got to figure out a way to slow down uh, Matty Ice. you got to figure out a way to slow down uh, Julio Jones. you got to find a way to slow down a guy like Calvin Ridley, Todd Gurley. I mean, they have weapons. They have tight ends. I mean, they have guys offensively that can get after it. So it all starts up, uh, up front. Again, uh, I say games are won, championships are won in the trenches. The Raiders' offensive line is dominant. The Raiders' defensive line, not so much. But look, the uh, the Falcons, man, they just gave up eight sacks. Eight sacks to the New Orleans Saints. They got after Matt Ryan and got him on the ground eight times. Now, if the Raiders can't come away with three or four sacks a game, they're in trouble. I mean, seriously, because Matt Ryan could pick you apart. But if you just coming off a game where your offensive line and, and, and your quarterback allowed this, the, to get sacked eight times, if the Raiders can't go into Atlanta and get three or four sacks, there's a problem. If, if Max Crosby can't get off, there's a problem. If a guy like Clee Farrell, if he's back, he can't get off, that's a problem. If a, a, a Nassib, Carl Nassib can't get off, that's a problem. I mean, seriously, if you see a team give up eight sacks, eight, that's an unusual number. That's just ridiculous. If you can't see a team get off eight sacks and go in there and capitalize on them, obviously that's a weakness. Now, the Saints uh, secondary had a lot to do with that as well because they were on top of the uh, wide receivers like a glove. So you're looking at Trayvon Mullen. You're looking at Damon Arnett. You're looking at uh, uh, Nevin Lawson. You're looking at all these guys like Amik Robertson. He's out there. You got looking at all these guys to make plays. But at the end of the day, man, it's about the defensive line getting pressure on the quarterback. If they just come again, they gave up eight freaking sacks against the Saints. If the Raiders can't get pressure and can't get home and make Matt Ryan uncomfortable, that's on them. That's 100% on them. So I think in this game, I think it's real simple. I don't think this is a very complex game. I don't think this is a game where you have to beat your head against the wall and say, oh, my God, I don't know how the Raiders are going to win this game. I think it's very, very simple. You go out there and you, you do what you do offensively. Your offense is second to none. Defensively, you make the quarterback uncomfortable. Make him uncomfortable. Hit him a couple times. Knock him down. Sack him a couple times. S simple as that. You don't fear that offensive line. If you're Max Crosby, you're sitting at six sacks on the season. When you come out of this game on Sunday, you're looking at, hey, I want to be sitting at nine, maybe even ten. Get after it. You know what I mean? There's certain games where, where uh, players, and I've heard this from multiple uh, people, John McClain included from the Houston Chronicle, who's a, 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 a Hall of Fame voter, he said, Q, this is the deal. There's certain players defensively that when they go into games, they say, you know what? This is my contract game. And other players look around and say, what do you mean by that? This is the game that I'm going to go off and make the stats that are going to show me that I'm going to get that contract, that big, huge contract. This is a game I look at coming up versus Atlanta. Max Crosby could say, this is my contract game. And I know it's only his second year. He can look at this Atlanta offensive line and say, you know what, damn it? I'm about to eat. I'm about to come away with three sacks. Two sacks for sure, and and maybe a, a, a third hit on the quarterback that makes a strip sack. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think Max Crosby, and this is going to be one of my biggest uh, points of the game, and I'll say it right now on the podcast and have no problem with it. I think Max Crosby comes away with two sacks, and uh, and he forces a fumble as well. So that, that I don't know if it's going to be three complete sacks, but I think he's going to get at least two, and he's going to force a fumble on one of them. Max Crosby going to have him a game, and that's going to be his, you know, hey, this is my contract type uh, game. And, and look, players do that. They look at the film. They know, oh, okay, this offensive line, if I do this or if I do that, 
they uh, you know they're going to struggle. Max Crosby's going to get off. Carl Nassib, they might he might have a chance to get off. Cleve Furrow might have a chance to get off. Malik Collins in the middle might have a chance to get off. Jonathan Hankins might have a chance to get off. I don't care who's out there. These guys might have a chance to get off. If Vic Beasley gets out there, I don't know if he's going to be out there or not. He might stay on the practice squad. He might get uh, you know, promoted. I don't know. He might get a chance to get off just because that's his former team. You know, I don't think that Tack McKinley is even going to play this game, but we'll see. Times could change in between now and then. But you look for Max Crosby. I think he's going to be a major factor in this game. I think he gets at least two sacks, and one of those sacks is going to cause a fumble. That's just my opinion, and the Raiders are going to go ahead and take this game because this game against the Falcons is not a game they should lose. If they lose this game, it's because the Raiders lost this game, not because the Falcons beat them, in my opinion. So that's all I got for you for segment number two, keys to the game, keys to the victory versus Atlanta Falcons, week 12 of the NFL season. Coming up next, your calls and texts straight off that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. This is the Lockdown Raiders podcast. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls, your texts, straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. That is the number. Hit us up with a call or a text, and let's go ahead and get things started. And the first call of the day, well, before we get into it, got to sound the alarm one time. This calls from a new booty. This is from Calvin from Maryland. He's calling in his new booty, and he says he's pretty fired up about what he heard from the Locked On Chiefs show and wants to make sure the Raiders have focused in on the last six games of the season because that is all that really matters, not what happened before. It is all about the last six games of the season. So here he is, Calvin from Maryland, giving you his thoughts on the Locked On Raiders podcast. Hey, Q, man. Uh, this Calvin from Maryland, man. First-time caller. Look, man, I, I I typically don't do this, but eventually I had to call in, man. I, I wanted to call in after Khalil Mack saga, and then I wanted to call in after the Antonio Brown stuff. But going back, listening to your uh, your podcast that you did with the uh, Chiefs, I went back and listened to their podcast after they won the game, and those dudes are just extremely arrogant, man. They, they, they're, they're getting out of control, man, just – just listening to them and just listening to how, like, every excuse that they could make, oh, well, this person was injured, this person didn't play, this person was 80%, it's just, like, no respect given, which is cool because I, I, I'd rather you not give us respect than we come and earn it anyway. You know what I mean? I'd rather earn my respect than you just give it to me. But, I mean, those guys are just, man, they, they, they're just ridiculous, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and I understand you – excited about your fan base, but at the end of the day, it comes to a point where you got to give credit where credit is due, man. Like, who did you talk to? I heard him saying when Derek Carr shrugged his shoulders after he threw the interception, it was 28 seconds left from, I, I believe, our 20. So, D.C. just trying to make a play, and, I mean, he threw a pick. I mean, he's looking at it like, man, I, I, I tore you guys, I tore him apart the whole way. Who cares what Patrick Mahomes would have did? You know what I mean? So, it's just it's, it's it's crazy, man. But I mean, at the end of the day, right now we got to focus on these last six games that we have left. We go out and handle our business. We'll see them again. Cause I mean, one thing I, I can say, Gruden has built this team for. And if we get the big boy back, number seventy-seven, Trent Brown, when it's time, he's built this team to be able to, to pound the pound the ball out. So if it's cold weather, we don't need DC to do so much. We'll, we'll, we can run it. I mean, we can put them big. 
them big monsters up front and, and, and just grind you down. You know what I mean? And, and Jacobs is willing to eventually it's going to be a tough load to hit him. So that's all I wanted to say, man. Raider Nation, you know you know what it is, man. Let's, let's get these Ws, and, and we'll see him again in the playoffs. All right, later. There you go right there. That's a call from my man Calvin in Maryland. Thank you so much uh, for chiming in, my man. And I'm with you, man. Locked on Chiefs, they're, uh, I think they're feeling themselves in a major way. But, again, if you're the Super Bowl champs, I get it. But uh, they've been that way for a couple seasons now. They've kind of been salty, kind of feeling themselves. But either way, it is all good. You know, it, it is what it is. Most of the Locked on NFL Network, pretty humble. But those guys, they're a little bit different. Either way, man, uh, the job for the Raiders moving forward is to focus on the next six games. Uh, four and two they've got to go four and two it's as simple as that if you want to lock it down to a certain number four and two is what the Raiders have to do they've got to find a way to get four victories in the next six games and they're in the playoffs in my opinion I don't care what anybody else does around them but uh, thank you so much for that call man definitely appreciate you again 707-654-4693 that is the number next up is a text from Omar he's calling in from Fort Worth he says AQ it's Omar from Fort Worth again. It is weird that Sunday's loss pumped me up. No way the Chiefs win on the last drive of Clee, Hurst, and Joyner are played. Progress is happening, and the league now sees us. As a kid, I heard that John Madden say that he won a Super Bowl with a bunch of guys nobody wanted. It's awesome seeing them sign Tack, Irvin, and Beasley. It shows an awareness and urgency of addressing our defense, but most importantly, the spirit of Val Davis. Thanks for hustling and stay safe, Raider Nation. That's from Omar from Fort Worth. And you're right. It's good to see them going after guys and, you know, signing like guys like Tack McKinley and, you know, uh, who, who knows uh, if Vic Beasley's going to be a guy. David Irving, I, I kind of have a little bit of faith in him, but he got banged up on Sunday. But these guys got to show out, man. They They've got to go ahead and do something. They just can't sign to the team and think they're going to be special. Tag McKinley has failed multiple physicals. I don't really like guys like that, to be 100% honest with you. I'm not prob- I don't have a problem with him being on the practice squad, but if you're expecting a lot from him, I don't, I don't have faith in him until he shows up. He's absolutely got to show up because, again, I feel like a lot of that is effort, and that's want to, and that's on you. If you don't have the want to to be really good, that's your problem. You're in the NFL, and you don't have the, the, the ambition to be the guy. That's the problem. He has 17 and a half sacks with the Falcons, and that's it. And I'm saying it's not, you know, 17 and a half is fine if you're if you're not an a edge rusher. You're a guy that's trying to get out the quarterback, you know, from the middle of the line. That's fine, but you've just got to show that effort, man. And so don't talk a, a, a lot and be really loud if you can't, you know, back it up. So I'm hoping Tack McKinley could be that guy, but who knows? So uh, it'll be a great move if these guys show up and show out. But it's a wait-and-see process as far as I'm concerned. So thank you so much, though, for that text. I appreciate you. Next up, I got a call from my guy, Raider Tone in the 661, calling in to talk about what he saw on Sunday night from the Raiders, something that he came up with as he watched the replay of the game and then talks about a guy that he wants to see more from. Here he is, Raider Tone in the 661. What's up, Q? It's your boy, Raider Tone in the 661. Man, I'm just sitting here looking at this rewind on uh, NFL NFL Films, they got the uh, KC and the Raider game. And right right at the minute and 38, well, before they gave the ball up, uh, the cornerback coach, McNeil, is sitting there talking to the DBs on the sideline, telling them who he going to, who he going to, 87. Y'all know he want to go to 87. He going to 87. He telling the safeties this. This is what he got. He got Harris, Heath. And Abram sitting right there on the bench, you tell him, he going to 87. At some point in his drive, 75 yards, he going to 87. Jump it. 
And, well, we know what happened. Just another quick take, man. At the slow development of rugs, man, I, I want to see uh, Hunter Renfro getting started getting a little more more snaps, man. If they can go 70-30, um, that's it. Just one, baby. There he is. That's my guy right there, Raider Tone in the 661. And, yeah, that last drive, man, very frustrating. <laughs> you know who's going to be targeted, and, well, it happened. It includes the coaching staff. Like you mentioned, it just didn't matter. Uh, they still The Raiders still got into the end zone, or, or not the Raiders, but the Chiefs, I'm sorry, got into the end zone. Uh, the Raiders just couldn't stop them, man. It, just, it was one of those things where everyone in the stadium, and it wasn't a lot of people in the stadium, but everybody in the press box were like, okay, Travis Kelsey is going to be the guy. You've got to make sure you cover up. And, well, Jonathan Abram just lost his contain, and the Edge lost their contain, and a lot of people lost their contain, and, well, the Raiders came up with a L. So, uh, unfortunately, that's just how it worked out. But thank you so much for that call. Definitely appreciate you. Next up is a text. Just got a couple more uh, from Obi-Wan Raider in Spring, Texas. He said, what's up, Q? Obi-Wan Raider texting in from Spring, Texas. I got to call BS on an NFL moving games for Ravens, Steelers, Titans, etc. due to COVID, but screwing the Raiders over twice. F you, Goodell, and the NFL for that BS, and you wonder why we can't stand your asses. You better not screw over Woodson and Flores for the Hall of Fame either. Just win, baby. Go Raiders. P.S. Damn, bro. What I got to do to get back on Broski? LOL. What happened? LOL. Not sure what he means by that part right there, but it's all good. Uh, Obi-Wan Raider in Spring, Texas, thank you so much for that call. And look, the Ravens game and Steelers games looks like it might not even get played. I mean, and, and I understand exactly where you're coming from, man, because there's a lot of protocols that have been broken by the Ravens, uh, by their strength and conditioning coach. There's a lot of issues that they got moving forward, and all of a sudden it doesn't look like they're going to get penalized, and that could be a problem because the Raiders have been penalized not once, not twice, but multiple times for what's been going on with them as far as the COVID-19 goes. So, look, if it's good for one, make it good for all. All, I think, and this is just me speaking out of turn uh, for all of Raider Nation, and, and I'm just speaking for myself, but I think this is how Raider Nation feels. If it's good for us as Raider Nation, it's got to be good for everybody else. That's just how I feel. But Raider Nation, you could be, you know, you could say, hey, Q, you're wrong. Uh, the Raiders did something else, and that's why they got this. But I just feel like, hey, let's be consistent around here, man. If you're good for one, make it good for all. So Obi-Wan Raider in, Tex in Spring, Texas, thank you so much for that text. I think you're spot on. Uh, good stuff. Next up is a call from Joe. He's in Tennessee. And before I get to that call, got to sound the alarm one time because Joe from Tennessee, he's a new booty. He's calling in as a longtime Raiders fan. He wanted to give a little bit of a different perspective to the loss on Sunday night against the Chiefs and wanted to explain to you why. Here he is, Joe, my guy, calling in from Tennessee. He's a new booty here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. Hey, Q, this is Joe from Tennessee, man. Uh, listen, I'm a new booty, man, so go ahead and sound the alarm. Uh, ain't new to the podcast and scene, man, just been doing it since midsummer. Uh, so listen, like listening to your, uh, insights and the information you put out. Uh, and appreciate your professionalism in doing so, man. Been a Raider fan for a long time, man, since I was a kid seeing Kenny Staber throw a football with his left hand. So, uh, anyway, calling to be devil's advocate tonight, man, on this, uh, Kansas City loss. Hey, listen, I know we talked about that the, uh, D didn't hold up its end of the bargain and, uh, you know, the offense, uh, had such a great game and they did. But uh, bottom line is we knew our D was less than stellar, man, all year long. Had a lot of problems with COVID. Uh, and we've seen Kansas City beat uh, much better defenses than ours. 
Uh, and I've heard you talk about it before, about, hey, man, we just need them to make a stop or two. Don't need them to be the 85 Bears. Well, they did that for the offense, but the offense squandered them off opportunities. And if they'd scored on even one or two of them drives, or both of them, rather, then, uh, you know, we we wouldn't be talking about a loss. We'd be talking about a win. Anyway, uh, it still was a great game, one of the few games I haven't been upset about that we lost, although I really wanted to win that game. Um, but, oh, well, it is what it is. So on to Atlanta. Hey, listen, uh, Q, you and your family, uh, have a great Thanksgiving. Hope Raider Nation all has a great Thanksgiving out there. Uh, even though 2020 has been crazy, uh, we still are very blessed and have a lot to be thankful for. Uh, that's all I got. So just win, baby. Go Raiders. Joe from Tennessee, out. There he is right there, my guy, Joe from Tennessee, new booty here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. Thank you so much for that call. I appreciate you. And, yeah, you're right. One thing I'll say is the Raiders never got up to two scores in that game. They had opportunities, multiple opportunities to get up to two scores. If they got up to two scores, I think the game would have been a lot different. But they had an opportunity right before halftime. It didn't happen. They had opportunity in the third quarter. It didn't happen. They had opportunities to get up in the in, in, you know more than two scores and they or not more than two scores, but two scores, and it just didn't happen. You've got to get up on Kansas City at least ten points, at least fourteen points. You know to, to make sure that you have an opportunity to win that game in the end. But either way, it did not happen. But it's now time to turn the page to the ATL Atlanta Falcons. They're up next. you got to pick up that W, and I really do believe that the Raiders will do that. So thank you so much for that call. Appreciate you. Speaking of Atlanta and the ATL, next up is a text from my guy Raider Al. He's in Georgia. He said, Q, it's time to turn the page on the KC. Yeah, we played well, just not well enough. I'm old school. I believe in wins and losses, period, in the NFL. There's no moral victory, so let's look on the Falcons, or let's look onto the Falcons. As you guys know, I live an hour away from Atlanta and will be there Sunday rocking my locked on number 15 jersey and Raider Al on the back. But Atlanta won't lay down. They have talent. They have pride. So let's get that dub so I can get back to work Monday talking smack. I'll be talking that shh-ish. That's from Raider Al in Georgia, and you're right. Uh, you know, the, the page to Atlanta's got to be turned a long time ago. I, I turned the page earlier in the week. You've got to do that. That Kansas City game, yeah, it was a hell of an effort, uh, but ultimately they lost. Uh, they got to win that game. If they don't win that game, I mean, it, it comes up as a loss, and that's what it came up to. So now the Raiders have six games. They got to find four victories. Four wins in six games is what the Raiders got to get. So I think it starts this week with Atlanta, but the Raiders need to go in there and believe that it starts this week with Atlanta. So uh, Raider Al, thank you so much for that text, man. I appreciate you. I think you're spot on. Enjoy the game. Let me know uh, what you think about the sights, the sights and the sounds while you're there. Final call of the show today, final call of the week, comes from Riverbank Raider out of Cali. He's repping the 209. I think it's a new booty. I mean, I don't know if he's a new booty. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I really don't. But I think he's a new booty. I don't remember saying out that name before. But either way you look at it, he's calling in to talk about the Raiders. The last time he saw a Super Bowl and wanted to share his thoughts on Sunday's game versus Chiefs and what the Raiders need to do moving forward. Here he is. Riverbank Raider out of Cali, repping the 209. Hey, Q, this is RBK Raider out of Riverbank, California, repping the 209, baby. Hey, I know we moved on to Atlanta, but I just wanted to say one thing about the Kansas City game. I see a lot of people on the Facebook groups and on Twitter groups about how we should have held the ball longer, taken more time off the clock. And you've talked about it time and time again, how hard it is to win in the NFL. 
and how hard it is to score a touchdown in the NFL. You take the points when they're there, and you depend on your defense to make one damn stop. And you know what? What happened on that uh, third and one at the goal line? We ended up settling for a field goal. What if that would have came up again at the end of the game and we didn't get it and we didn't get the go-ahead score? So that's strictly on defense. Cars playing lights out. We all know that. All these car haters out there haven't heard much from them on Twitter or Facebook lately, but there's still a couple blaming him for stuff. And you know what? Carr didn't give up 70 yards in a minute and 43 seconds. Carr didn't let Travis Kelsey run wide open in the end zone for the go-ahead touchdown and for the win. So all you guys, man, you're either Raider Nation for life or just just walk away because you're bandwaggers. You like it when they win. I've been a fan since I was born, born in 1980. Last time we won a Super Bowl, I was three years old and obviously don't remember it. Hell, I don't remember the last 15 years of my life, <laughs> to be honest. But, hey, just want to say love your show, brother. I'm a second-time caller, so you don't have to sound that alarm. But Raider Nation for life, everybody keep your heads up. We got a lot of winnable games coming up, and we're going to do this. Just win, baby. Peace out. So there he is right there, RBK Raider. And actually, he was a second-time caller, so he wasn't a new booty. So that was one of those uh, false alarms I sent out. I think you can get fined for that. You know, I, I think it's a – oh, it's Uno. We play Uno at the house sometimes. It'll be uh, me, the wife, and some folks around the house, and we'll be playing Uno. And if you call out Uno and it's false, then you get penalized. So I guess I get penalized because I, I, I called out false uh, Uno or new booty on that uh, that call. My bad. But uh, RBK Raider right there repping uh, the 209 out of Riverbank. Uh, good stuff, man. Really good stuff. And you're right. The Raiders had multiple times, again, to go up two scores, and they weren't able to do it. I said that a, a while ago. Uh, it's most likely they come away with a W if they do that. But – they didn't. So now it's time for them to rebound. I think they will this week against Atlanta, but you can't let them hang around. You cannot let them believe that they can win the game. If you do that, you're going to take the L. If you let them just hang around, hang around, hang around, and leave it up to like the very end of the game where they go down the field and have an opportunity to win the game you know, on, a, on offensive drive, they're going to do it. They're going to make that happen. So you have to go ahead and put their foot on their neck, your, put, your foot on the neck, and, and get after them. But we will see what the uh, the Raiders do. I'm excited about it. I think they do it. I think they come away with their seventh victory, and we talk about it on Monday, about another victory sitting at 7-4 overall on the season. But uh, that's all I got for you today on the Locked On Raiders podcast on this Friday, heading into the weekend, heading into week 12 of the NFL season. Uh, everyone be safe. Everyone take care of their families. Hopefully you had a good uh, Thanksgiving holiday and uh, you, you got some good stuff going on, uh, Black Friday and more. Uh, so I appreciate all the support on the show. And as always, we'll talk again on Monday. But as always, appreciate you and just win, baby.